All right, it is time for Personal Mastery. Dr. Tepiso Matenji joins us now, as she does every week. She is our psychologist, a life coach, a personal change catalyst. She's also on the socials at Team Matent. Follow her and show her some love. Maybe you've got questions that you want to pose to her as well. You know, parenting is hard work. It's serious business. And um, as much as it can be a very rewarding mm. time of your adult life, but there are many challenges, like dealing with a child who's going through different stages of growth. Yes, this stage. Adoli doli. <laughs> uh, but how do we deal with this adolescence thing? Mm. <laughs> or adolescence, however you want to look at it. And um, what is your current experience if you are there? Well, let's uh, start by uh, welcoming Doctor on the show. Dr. Matenchi, good morning. Hi, Dr. Good morning. Good morning, family. I'm laughing at myself as you guys are speaking. I feel sorry for myself this morning. Why? <laughs> 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 I, I have a 25-year-old adolescent, and I'm reading different things to prepare for the show. <laughs> and in some books, they're saying adolescence, the late adolescence, uh, is between 17 and 25, and it just hit me that my 25-year-old is still, is still in late adolescence. And now I feel sorry for myself because I didn't recognize it. <laughs> oh. It, it, it must be scary. Yeah, you've got the, the, the perfect case study for us then. Absolutely. <laughs> I have a very personable case study. But if I do that, I'm going to get divorced in a few minutes after I get off. Ooh, so yeah. let me stay professional. We don't want that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, good morning to the listeners as well. Wow, what a conversation. I was so glad when Zama sent us this topic because I am, like I say, in the middle of a storm. But what is interesting is that when, in, in spite of everything that I'm going to say, because what we want is for people to be more self-aware and when they recognize some of the mistakes they've made to mm-hmm. see how they can self-correct. And then also just to commit to that continuous level of learning and being able to have compassion for yourself for the mistakes you've made and then see what you can do better and then look at strengthening the relationship especially the emotional connection and bond you have with your children. Having said that, we are going to go through what, how to prepare for uh, yourself as a parent into adolescence and what are some of the challenges that you might be facing, knowing full well that you might not necessarily be going through this in a textbook linear progress um, and that it's just a dynamic, organic process. Nobody can actually give you a, 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 a fact sheet that is going to make mm. it easier for you. But just getting informed and, 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 and educating yourself helps just to open your eyes in terms of what you need to do better in order you can be, that you can be the best parent that you can ever possibly be for your children. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I'm looking at my own life, Doc. I've got a 13-year-old, and there are so many different things that you know are now mm. surfacing in his behavior, you know, and obviously from a physical point of view as well. Yes. How do you prepare for the stage um, as an adult, and how do you do that while also preparing your child for this next phase in their life? Look, um, there's, there's lots of preparation, and I think the key thing that we want to make people, parents aware of is more about the physical, the mental, and the emotional mm. changes that your child is going through. So for some parents with children who are entering early, uh, who are going into late childhood and early adolescence, and here I'm talking between the ages of 10 up until yeah. around 14. So they are, they are exiting uh, childhood and they're coming into early adolescence. And for them, it's more the concern about the physical changes. And you might be aware that your child is not necessarily keen on washing or brushing their teeth Mm. but there's a very strong odor and that's one of those things that tells you that they're transitioning into adolescence and into puberty so the physical changes is what most of us struggle with how do i begin the conversation about self-care about or tonto tap or tonto tonto if you're a girl (laughs) 
you're gonna get fired more. You're gonna get fired when you get home. <laughs> but the, the emotional challenges are the ones that most parents struggle about. And I say mm. emotional because that's where you begin to see the emergence of the personality yeah. coming in. That the child's sense of identity and that pressing need for them to fit in with other kids comes in. Mm. They want to be part of those kids. They want to have the latest phone, the latest clothes, anything that makes them feel like they're in the in-group within their peer group. But also they're very susceptible to peer pressure. Yes. And for you as a parent, you're trying to make your child feel they are okay as they are. They need to be an individual and be unique. But also that as an individual and unique, they don't have to go and follow the trend and mm. be susceptible to peer pressure. And you want them to still remember the values and principles that you're teaching at home. And therein begins the fight. Because this child is beginning what we call a, a space of de-individuation. They are now wanting to separate from you so they can find who they are, but find who they are within the social group or peer group that they're part of. And then they are also going to be rebellious to, uh, against what you were saying. And, and they're going to be rebellious against your rules and whatever it is that you're going to force upon them that they feel it's not part of them being recognized as mm-hmm. you know, I don't have to do everything that my parents want me to. That's mm-hmm. most of us what we focus on in terms of this tumultuous period. When you were saying more as a 13-year-old, that's a part of what you may be going through. But there's other types of teenagers who are in the early stages who are, ad- who are adaptive. They're yeah. super responsible, super disciplined, very cautious, very fearful. They are not socializing. And those are the ones I worry about because uh, in because mm-hmm. they do not act out in any way. Mm-hmm. They tend mm-hmm. to suffer in silence. They're always in their rooms. They don't socialize. They're very close to you. You might be, even be happy that they're staying home, they're homebound, and they're not engaging with social groups and things like that. Mm-hmm. But if that child is also not okay, you are not likely to see because they are always adapting in the way that tells you that they're okay. They're faking good. So look at the entire spectrum that you might be a child, you might be having a child who's on the extreme and we are always complaining about them like I did with my son. Mm-hmm. Or you might have a child who's on the other opposite who is, looks like they're perfect, they're the model child. But if they're having an emotional turmoil, you might not necessarily be able to pick mm-hmm. it up as a parent. Doctor, how important is language um, on the parent side when dealing with an adolescent teen? Um, because I do find that the, the teens sometimes tend to be disrespectful. They tend to be um, non-communicators. They mumble a lot. You know, they just always seem upset. And I know that it can frustrate parents and we can tend to use the incorrect language um, in trying to get them to do what we want them to do. Yeah, you know you're hitting home. Uh, <laughs> language <laughs> is a very important thing. Yeah. And in a sense, you know, when you are experiencing frustration, when you are the one feeling that what your child is doing is in defiance of you as mm. a parent. And this is particularly for parents who are going through tumultuous uh, times in their families, mm. financially, maritally, or even parents who are co-parenting, you know, where you're finding that you are the disciplinarian because you have the children have primary residence with you. But the, 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 the Christmas father who sees them over the weekend or every two weeks, Yena is like God and everything he does is good. So when you are trying to discipline a child, you're finding that you're being triggered as, mm. as, as a parent. And then in the language comes in. Mm. And it is important for you as a parent to recognize that you've got three voices. You've got that voice that you use when you're introspecting and talking to yourself. You also have that voice where you are that you're using when you're looking where you are actually processing what is happening within the environment. And then you also have that voice where it's external, where you're now verbalizing what you're doing. So when we talk about the internal chatter, we are looking more at that inner voice that you need to talk to yourself as the one that you're using, as listening with yourself hmm. and that meta-awareness language that you were using, Mm. you end up putting into the social voice those words that you shouldn't be saying, and then you need to regret and apologize for things that, in principle, you understand 
why you said it. But the way you said it, it's not okay. So that becomes important because if you are getting triggered, that's when we ask for parents to go for parent guidance. And yes, there is such a thing called parent guidance where you go for therapy to go and learn the skills on how to to better manage yourself and better manage your parenting role. But you do parent guidance, by the way, as you take your child for counseling. So that's when you recognize that there's a need for a third party. But the second thing is that when you are looking at that internal voice and that meta-awareness voice, if you are doing a lot of self-correction where you find that you are reflecting on your own traumas, your own childhood experiences, and you're saying, I never did that to my mother. How dare you do one, two, three, four, five? Because if I had done that, my mother would have thrown me with an ashtray. Mm. All of those mm. things. Mm-hmm. Recognize that you might also be immersing in the language that you're doing with him, that you're having with your child, your own experiences about your own childhood that may have been unresolved, that have been triggered by this little nincompoop, and now you feel like you need to act on them in a way that actually gives you the gratification you couldn't have when you were your own self a child. Mm. Sure. All right. Uh, we're talking managing this process of um, raising a child who's going through adolescence, mm. this transition that they're experiencing, but also how that rubs off onto you as the adult in their life and how you too need to actually manage because yeah. you can literally lose your marbles. Doc, we've got some comments coming in on social media and uh, WhatsApp. Let's start with this tweet from Bong Honey underscore Mash. So he says... How do you handle a teenager that wants to get physical with you when you reprimand them? You're married. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, we've all been here already. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Um, and, and you start regretting why you enrolled them. Because then I'm going to leave it What I want to advise any parent out there, and I know I've had a lot of criticism towards this, do not get into any physical altercation with your mm. child. If that child gets into physical altercation and then beats you or you beat them up, that war will never finish. It becomes mm. a never-ending war. And it's not just going to mm. affect you, it's also going to affect that child's siblings, which is your, your other children. And worse, it's an issue of now I know I have the power to be able to effect the change that I need mm. and make my parents uh, subdued. Whether they're going to exert it on you or on your other children or on your, on your, on your material things or on other things that you are putting in place in the family understand that that war continues but also it's not always about you especially if ever some of the things that the child are struggling with has to do with them coming into their own mm. you might find that a lot of kids some of us we say that they're very selfish and they're very narcissistic mm. because they're still very much invested in pleasing themselves first and doing what makes what what feels good to them rather than themselves in other people's shoes and then recognizing how their actions impact on other people. So most of us struggle with developing empathy in our mm. children, particularly in the middle and late adolescent stage. Because mm. we think intellectually you should be able to do this, especially if you're smart at school. You should be able to you should be able to understand the long term consequences of, of what you're doing. Remember, their brains, their frontal cortex, the part behind the forehead is still maturing. It hasn't yet matured up until the age of 25. It matures faster in girls than it does in boys. And that part of the brain is the one that is responsible for them to actually exercise judgment, to exercise planning, to think about the long-term consequences of what they're doing, as well as to do scenario planning. If I do this, is this outcome going to work for me now in the long term or in the medium term? If that part of the brain is still developing, understand that you are limited as a human being to try and stimulate it when they're actually in the throes of whatever's happening in the adolescent stage. So sometimes what you're trying to teach, you are, the, you, are, you are teaching the right message, 
You're teaching the right lesson to the right person, but you are the wrong teacher. You might find that somebody else or elsewhere or the uncle or the, whoever else in the family will be the right person to teach that lesson. But for now, you are not the right person to teach it. So you simply have to work within that village, that community that you established to try and see who else can mediate that for you. Hmm. All right, some voice notes coming in. Some interesting comments, Doc. Um, I mean, let's start with that last one. Influence of other kids once yeah. a child thinks they are now too cool for school and that is the lot they need to roll with. Mm. Um, you know, there's something that white people do that I admire. They befriend their children's friends. They bring them into the inner circle to try and understand what are your ambitions, mm. where are you going with your life, mm. and what makes you tick. And in some respects, and I'm not saying this, this works for all the friends necessarily, but part of how you get to know the social group is that you can see also if there's anybody who's the leading Makulubas, who's got mm. the greatest influence. And then you can also see how you can mediate. And what you find is that some of these kids, they're having their own tumultuous relationships with their parents. Mm. As you get closer to them and you create a safe environment for them mm. in your home, you can monitor some of these things and see who has power. Sure. And then you can actually have a conversation with, hmm, it looks like when you're always a follower, but doing yeah. it in a way that is not saying mm. you, are, you, are, you are undermining your mm. child or you're instigating a fight. Mm. But try and bring these kids closer to you so that you can understand, learn them, and understand what, is, what it is that makes mm. them who they are mm. and how their dynamic is with your child. I like More, that. If I, if I can go to the parent who spoke about the child who was molested. Yes, I, I wanted to go mm. to that um, as we wrap as well without just running over it like it yes. was nothing. Yeah. Please take your child for counseling. And if you are, and if the child is already attending counseling, please request to go for parent guidance. If you do not know how to show up for your child, it's an indication that there's a gap in the feedback that you are given. Yeah. You need to be equipped by the counselor on how you need to show up for your child and how the rest of the family needs to show support to their child. Mm. Yeah, and uh, just uh, as we wrap, Doc, oh, this is such a layered conversation. Dealing with a boy child versus a girl child, I think that's yeah. another theme that came out very strongly in the voice yeah. notes. As we wrap, yeah. what is your word on that one? I know the importance of having fathers in their lives. Mm. Fathers are important, especially for a boy child. Yes, we say for a girl child, but especially for a boy child. As a mom trying to parent a boy, you realize just how inadequate you are in things in terms of understanding what they mm. go through and why saying no for a boy can actually lead into something that is much worse than you actually intended to. So try and have that co-parenting relationship with the boy, with the, with the father. And if not, find an uncle or a positive main role mm. figure who can come and influence your child much more effectively than you can. And uh, a message here, Doc, uh, this is coming through from Dombi Fab, just as a, as, as a note, really, just to say this topic is exactly what I needed. My son is showing me flames when it comes to parenting. We always had an open communication relationship. Now my son is something else. I don't know what I'm going to do or what mm. I'm even doing wrong. Oh, such an important yeah. conversation, Doc. Um, Zombie, you and I are in the same WhatsApp group. Let's talk, my friend. Let's be brief together. We'll go and have coffee and then we'll rub each other's feet while we are at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing flames right now. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, doctor. Good luck, Doc. Good luck. Thank uh, you. Good luck to all the parents. Yeah, well. my flame is still a matchstick, but I can tell you it's going to become a bonfire pretty soon. Dr. Matenchi on the morning flavor. Yeah, no, um, those relationships, those rifts, uh, I, I don't like how teenagers just drift apart from us, you know. Um, but yeah, they come back, you know. They eventually do. <laughs> they come back. They, they find their way home. Thank you very much for tuning into The Morning Flavor. We're out of time. Up next is The Bridge from us. It's a good morning. Good day and good vibes.